No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. He follows the philosophy rooted in his tax experience of, it's not what you make, but what you keep. And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much and welcome to Growing Your Wealth, the radio show that gives you straight talk and honest answers about how to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have some valuable information for you during the coming hour that could change your financial life for the better. My name is Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and the solid advice come from the expert, Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How are you doing today, Brian? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to hear it as always, and I hope our listeners are doing well today too. Well, Brian, last week we had a pretty comprehensive look at the markets and we're going to be doing the same thing this week. And we have here some information from JP Morgan. It is a guide to the markets. And I want to start by uh, talking about this. It looks like there are about seven equal movements in the markets in the last 25 years. Yeah, sometimes I think it's good to take a look at some of the specifics of a market, but big picture, it's also good to look at markets because there's always people out there. I listen to the radio too. I, I tend to want to hear my stuff to see that I've got really good stuff on there and, and all of that. But I listen to other financial people uh, on the radio, and sometimes I get a little uh, irked, I would say, uh, just because I'll hear the person on the radio, uh, oh, aren't, better to get ready. The market's going to drop 50, 60, 70 or more percent. And, and it just drives me nuts because we're going to do a little historical reference on that. And that person is selling a fixed indexed annuity, by the way. And fixed indexed annuities are not a bad thing. They can be a very good thing, but that I, I'm going to emphasize the word selling. Yeah. And that's something that we don't do a lot on this show. As a, as a matter of fact, we've never really done it. We don't sell. We actually teach. We have the heart of a teacher here. And those shows are really playing on two very basic human emotions. Those would be fear 
and greed. And they're really just, you know, fear mongers out there and they're doing it for their own personal benefit. And I think that that is really, really sad. Yeah. And one of the stories on that, I I recollect I was at an insurance seminar uh, conference once and one of the speakers was telling about his radio show. And all this guy did was sell fixed index annuities, which are something you do to be conservative and something you do to protect money. Is that a bad thing? No, protecting money is a good thing. Is it a good thing if you're an entrepreneur and a risk taker and you have lots of extra assets and you want to have high returns? And I'd say it's not a good thing <laughs> for that part of your portfolio. So it's not the right thing for everybody. But his point up there, he's, I've been doing radio for 25 years. And for 25 years, I've been saying, beware of the markets, they're going to crash. And he kind of laughed about it. He said, yeah, I've even been right twice. <laughs> and I just wanted to throw tomatoes at the guy, right? Yeah. It just drives me nuts when people are like that. And he slept at night, too. I mean, was he a fiduciary, do you know? On paper, he was. On paper, and that goes to show that they're fiduciaries and they're fiduciaries. Yeah, exactly. But it drove me nuts. And, and this is the kind of stuff that I want to, you know, one of the things I want to bring up as we talk about the markets is beware of the person giving the message, even if they sound authoritative and I'm a fiduciary and I'm a financial planner and I know everything and I know that you need to avoid risk at all costs because the market's going to crash. Well, Says who? Says yeah. you? Yeah. Uh, do you have a crystal ball? Did you go on Amazon and have some drone deliver some crystal ball and, <laughs> and that, that can predict the future? I, I doubt it predicted the past very well, as we're going to talk about in a minute here. Right. They were out of crystal balls when we ordered them, and uh, they are on back order right now, but I can assure you that there are no crystal balls here at Madrona Financial Services. All of your advice and all of the opinion and all of the uh, fact that you tell people is actually some very extensive research, and that's just how you do business here at Madrona Financial. So let's Let's talk a little bit about this graph in front of us here. It is interesting because it looks like it's going up and up and up and up. And if it goes up any further, you'll need another page. Well, yeah, I, I got a graph in front of me. It's the S&P uh, 500. And what I've noticed as I look at this thing, there have been seven almost equal movements in it. And they're all just one big direction is basically a up, a down, and up, a down, and up, a up, and another up. And so if we go back to 1996, we had the dot-com. The S&P was roughly 800. And then it went up about 700 points to the tip of the market in 1999. So we have an increase, uh, almost doubled, you know, from 800 to 1500. It went up 700 points. Then we had the dot-com crash and 9-11. It went down 700 points. Then we had the recovery to 2007. It went up 700 points. Mm-hmm. Then we had 2008, the Great Recession. It went down 700 points. Then that recovered over the next, oh, let's say one, two, three, four, five five years. Took five years. It went up 700 points. So now we're back (laughs) to where it peaked in 2007 and 2000. Right. Up, down, up, down, up. And so now everybody could be looking at that graph going, well, I can see a pattern. It's going to go down now, right? And so a lot of people were out there doomsdaying it up for everybody. The S&P was roughly 1,500. And they said, you better get out. It's going to happen again. You better buy gold. You better buy annuities. You better get out of the market. You better time the market. You better sell now. They tell you how to trade your own stocks. They happen to know how to time the market, which is baloney. Nobody does. So here we are at 1,500. And then the funniest thing happened. Instead of dropping 700, again, it went up another 700. Mm -hmm. So now we're up 1,400. (laughs) 
And so everybody's going, okay, we better get out of the market now for sure. And we did have some drops in, in 2015 and it took a year to recover. So a lot of people are getting out of the market then. And the market, you know, the S&P was roughly uh, 2,200 at that point. So people were panicking then and selling and we had a lot of volatility. But funny thing happened. It then, instead of dropping 700, went up another 700. So we've had three 700 point increases in the last 11 years. And so now the market's near, you know, roughly 2,900 mm-hmm. at the end of June, the second quarter of this year. And so does that mean it's going to drop 700 again or is it going to go up 700? Well, there's that crystal ball thing that we want to hear about. Yeah. And again, I'll keep checking on those crystal balls, but I have a feeling that uh, <laughs> they still don't have any there. What's interesting about this is, it, you know, if I look at this again, as you said, back about 08 uh, during the Great Recession, there's 677 and and today, 2,942. We've really had a pretty good increase in the last 10 years or so. There have been some downs, but really they haven't been that much. I mean, we had more ups and downs from 96 to 2008. But if you look at this from 8 until 18, 19, it's pretty much been on an upward trend. What does that tell you about the future, though? And again, we don't have a crystal ball, but what's your best guess? Well, uh, the best guess is to look at the underlying uh, attributes of that. And that's what we're going to do. If we look back uh, when the market peaked in 2000, price earnings ratio of the S&P 500 was about 27 times earnings. So that was really high historically. Uh, October of 2007, it was only 15.7 times earnings, which you would think was okay. But we didn't know that the banks were lending uh, so poorly and that the real estate market was going to crash. And that's what caused the problem there. Otherwise, valuations were fine. And that's why it did recover. Because right now, if you look at the price earnings ratio, it's about 17 times earnings, which is not terrible. And so another interesting point is the average dividend yield of the S&P 500. If you go back to 2000, the dividend yield was about 1%, but the 10-year treasury paid 6.2%. So uh, you weren't getting very many dividends. October, the S&P yield was about 1.8 and the 10-year was 4.7. But at June, the dividend yield of the S&P and the 10-year treasury were the same. They were both at 2%. So we see that uh, some people are going to stocks for, for dividends now because they're not really getting it from bonds and they're feeling kind of left behind if they haven't been in the markets, even though it took a big drop last December, it did recover almost instantly. Brian, you were talking about the price-earnings ratio. What's the history of that? Yeah, the price-earnings ratio, I think, is a very important uh, measure of the valuation of anything. That's how many times uh, net profits are you willing to pay for something. And that should be kind of consistent. I'd pay for the same amount for the same profits, basically, regardless of industry, if their growth of earnings and the earnings themselves are constant. So if we look back the uh, at the S&P 500, it peaked around uh, 1999 at 24 times earnings. It dropped to a low, you know, so that would have been a a terrible time to buy in the markets when the forward price earnings ratio was peaking. You're overpaying for something. The 25-year average is about 16 times. Okay, 16 times earnings. The The lowest I see here is in 2008, which, by the way, would have been the best time to ever buy in the markets. Mm-hmm. So when those price earnings ratios are low, it's generally an indication that it might be a good time to buy. Where is it at today? Well, it's been, it, it was rising above its 25-year average, and now it's almost exactly on the 25-year average. It's at 16.7 times earnings, forward earnings. And so that's real close to the 16.2 average. So I can't look at this graph 
graph and say, oh, gee, the markets are up, uh, you know, 21, the uh, SP's up, had three consecutive 700-point gains over the last 10, 11 years. Boy, it's peaking out. Uh, we're going to have a crash just because of that. And I hear people, and we're going to have a recession. I ask, well, why? <laughs> uh, well, because it's up. <laughs> it's like, that's not good enough, because that would have been the argument several times in yeah. the last 11 years. It's up too much. It has to come down. Well, there's another problem with, with that concept because I mean, some people may be listening going, okay, the market's up. The price-earnings ratio is constant. So if prices are way up, how's the price-earnings ratio way up? Well, we can look at another graph here. It's because of earnings. Earnings are way up. And so if we look at earnings, back in 1999, the average S&P 500 company was earning $11 a share. Yeah. Right now, at the end of the in 1919, instead of 11, uh, again, again, this is 20 years. It's now 38 dollars a share earnings per share. So there has been an enormous increase in net profit of the S&P 500. That's why the valuation measures can remain constant, even though the price of the S&P has gone up so much. So these are some very positive signs here. And again, we're not just making this stuff up. I mean, this is based on fact from the J.P. Morgan Guide to the Markets. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth. And as you can hear, Brian really, really does know this stuff. And this is a sort of analysis that Brian takes when he takes a look at your portfolio. And his team does there, too, at Madrona Financial Services to design a plan to get you where you want to go. Now, if you want to sit down and talk with one of Brian's team or Brian himself, possibly, about your financial plan, we invite you to come into Madrona Financial Services for a free financial plan. And to get yours, call 844-MADRONA. That's 844-MADRONA, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. And as always, you can vet the firm and request your plan online at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue with our analysis of the market. All that and more when our show continues after this. Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. A dip in the market like we've seen lately could cost you years of retirement income, and it's unnecessary. This is Brian Evans, President and CEO of Madrona Financial Services. Today we see how investments can erode based on events here and around the world. But there's no doubt that people with better plans will be far less affected. So here are the four don'ts about investing in times like these. Don't panic. Don't get hung up on talk of a correction. Don't think anyone knows what's going to happen next. And don't be complacent. Now here's your one do. Call Madrona Financial Services today, especially if you're at or near retirement. Our team specializes in retirement planning and can guide you to manage your risk no matter what's around the corner. Call us at 844-MADRONA. Our team will review your retirement plan in two one-hour meetings. It's quick, it's easy, and it just might add years of income to your retirement. Give us a call at 844-MADRONA or visit madronafinancial.com. Do you know how to provide a 30-year retirement plan with a 40-year career? The number of Americans who live to 100 will increase by 10 times in the next 30 years. The facts are, you could live longer than you thought, and the last thing you need is to run out of income when you need it the most. A plan that takes longevity into account increases the odds that you'll be financially able to do what you love with the people you love for the rest of your life. Call Madrona Financial Services now at 844-MADRONA. They'll work with you to help your 40-year career finance your next 30 or more years. The economy, our lifespans, and retirement have changed drastically since the time we entered the workforce. Have your retirement and tax strategies kept up? Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for a complete no-obligation retirement readiness review. 
Your retirement income plan should last as long as you do, and Madrona Financial Services can help you get there with a customized plan that suits you. Call right now for your retirement review at 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to continue our discussion about the guide to the markets from J.P. Morgan. And Brian, these are some impressive charts here. I mean, we go back, oh, 20 years or so. Have you ever seen anything like this in your history of being aware of financial statistics like this? No, I really haven't. And and what we're talking about, have I seen anything like that, is the increase in profitability of the S&P 500 companies. I think that that's probably, that is the key to why the market are up as much as they are. It's nothing else. It's the profitability. Now, the next question would be, why? Right. Why are profits up so much? It's kind of the perfect storm. We have very, very, very low interest rates. And so companies and anybody can borrow and leverage into bigger and greater things very easily. A lot of companies aren't borrowing so that they can expand. You see companies like Starbucks borrowing or, you know, Apple borrowing money. And you look at their balance sheet and go, you got a gazillion dollars on your balance why are you borrowing money? Well, they're often using that money. They're borrowing at such a low rate, maybe 3%, and they're buying back their own stock and then retiring that stock so their existing stockholders' value goes up because they know they make a lot more than 3%. It's called arbitrage. They, mm-hmm. they know they make a lot more investing money, even in their own stock at 3% by borrowing money, then their earnings are much higher than what they're paying in interest. So it's interesting with the low interest rates and the global markets opening up. Remember, 20 years ago, we didn't sell, you know, there wasn't as much uh, international trade. You've got deregulation helping, lower income taxes than we've had in a very, very long time, uh, maybe ever for corporations. And then finally, technological advances, making it uh, the profitability of things. You know, you look at the change in the world, companies that are making the most profit now didn't exist 20 years ago. And when you look at the Googles and the Amazons and so forth, they weren't making any money 20 years ago, but uh, Facebook, whatever. So technology has changed industries, whether it's even uh, the clothing industry or, or other manufacturing type industries with robotics robotics and all of that stuff. Labor costs are lower. So I, I really can't point to anything negative when it comes to helping S&P 500 companies make more profitability. Yeah, technology has allowed us to do more and to do it better, but do it cheaper as well, too. And as you said, these international markets have opened up quite a bit. The world is just a much smaller place than it used to be, and there's more opportunity for us to deal with other countries and other people in other parts of the world. This is a very pro-business environment that we're in right now. As you said, we're enjoying some very low tax rate. Are you worried that if the political scene changes in a year or so that this is going to change completely or forever? Yes, okay. <laughs> very much so. Uh, I, I can pretty much guarantee that, you know, I'm watching these debates and I'm saying, OK, it looks like Trump's going to go against maybe Biden. OK, well, Biden, you know, we've, we had Biden, Obama and economically, you know, I, I think uh, it was OK. And uh, but if we went with a candidate like Warren or Sanders, then we're looking at 70 percent tax wow, brackets wow. and the earnings would drop to a fraction and you'd probably see a complete implosion of the markets. You'd see disincentive to start businesses, to grow businesses. Yeah, it would just be a a complete and utter disaster. I just wish there was a math 
tests that these candidates would have to take <laughs> when they're sitting up there going, I want to spend $100 trillion and I want to tax the, wow. the corporations to death and doing it. I was like, okay, let's just destroy the entire economy and then spend all the next three generations' money in the next five years so that you can look good. I, I don't get it. It makes no sense. Uh, I will be happy to bring any social Democrat on here or whatever they want to call themselves, progressive. I'd call them regressives. But they just change the subject. I know when we start talking, doing math and doing the numbers, but the numbers don't lie. You can't disincentivize businesses and business owners, the people that employ people, and think that's going to work in the long run. That's just a, such a short-term idiotic thing, stealing from what they've put together. So, no, definitely I'm keeping my eye on the elections. And, you know, I just said earlier, I'm not big on this chicken little theory that the markets are up. They got to come down. I'm looking at these stats going, well, there's a reason they're up. And, and the projections I'm looking at for profitability, S&P 500, in the next four quarters are higher than they are today. So I'm saying, well, the markets generally would be higher if profits are up. So I'm looking at that feeling pretty good. And I'm thinking, well, I don't want to have my head in the sand. I don't want to be chicken little. I don't want all my money, cash and money markets and CDs. I want to be an investor and I've been rewarded for it. My clients have been rewarded for it. But I am keeping my eye out for that because if I see that Warren or somebody else is going to get in office, then boy, those annuities start looking pretty good all of a sudden. And, and I'll, <laughs> I'll probably be making some shifts in my clients' accounts. Well, there's an open call for you, Socialist Democrats. Uh, if you want to debate Brian about this, uh, we're on two very, very good radio stations in Seattle. The call is open there. It's Madrona Financial Services. Just give us a call. So, Brian, once again, you know, we're sort of looking at this political climate in the next couple of years or so. Uh, is there anything that you're doing differently now that would protect us against if this does happen and we do get sort of a socialist in office? Well, I'm not too concerned about that just at this point. I mean, I'm watching it, but it kind of looks like Biden-Trump to me right now, even if it was Trump and someone else, I would say that um, I don't know that their chances are all that good winning an election uh, mm -hmm. with a far left stance. Think what you want about Trump. You know, I try not to get too political on this thing, but you know, whether you like his policies, don't like his policies, like him, don't like him. Most people, I would say, don't like him as a person, but a lot of people like his policies mm -hmm. and what they've done. Okay, and so I'm just going to differentiate those two. So you might like Trump's policies when it comes to being a pro-business environment and pro-stock market and pro these kinds of things, where you you see, okay, jobs numbers are good and the economy is good and the stock market is good. We don't have, and we have trying to renegotiate trade deals, all this stuff. I mean, you know, policy-wise, there's a lot to point to. So if he won again, I, I would think the markets are going to do quite well, uh, you know, in, in four years. If Biden won, I'm, I'm not too concerned. And so I'm looking at that. But one of the things that we do a lot here is alternative investments. So I'm kind of known as as the alternative investment guy because there's, there's so many other areas we can look at outside the stock and bond typical mix. Most people listening that don't invest with us are in a kind of a 50-50 stock bond portfolio. I have not been a big fan of bonds. I've been right for the last several years. They have not performed well uh, across the board, yet people hold massive amounts of bonds and CDs and money market because they're afraid and they don't know what else to do. They put in bonds for safety and they have not been that safe. The markets they're maybe shying away from and they haven't explored Delaware statutory trusts and fixed index universal life policies and, and using leverage and arbitrage and different private non-traded REITs and uh, all these different tools that we have in our toolbox that most advisors never bring up. So once again, don't get too worried 
about the election coming up. It isn't going to be for another year or so. There's a lot of time to enjoy some profits here, and we have every hope that things are going to continue, but you never know. The best advice that we can give you is to let the people here at Madrona Financial Services oversee your financial plan and your portfolio to protect against the downturns. But according to this graph, Brian, I'm not seeing, at least history, a lot of significant downturns. I'm seeing some real significant upturns. So let's talk about another area here. This would be uses of profits. Yeah, uses of profits. Uh, we see the S&P 500. I mentioned earlier that companies are so profitable and they have so much cash on, in the bank and they can borrow so cheaply that they're doing share buybacks, which increases the value of stocks too, because it lowers the number of stocks out there and increases the demand for the stocks that are out there. And the record year of share buybacks, by far the biggest year ever was 2018. And as we look at the so far in 2019, we're on the exact same pace as we were in 2018. So all prior years were much, much lower. Uh, 2018 ended up with $500 billion, or I'm sorry, $950 billion of share buybacks. The second biggest year ever was in the 600s in 2015. So we're on pace for that. So we're also seeing that corporate spending is going up. Their spending as a percent of their earnings has increased. And so because it's a a pro-business environment, corporations are willing to spend more on expansion. And and I think we're seeing a lot of just kind of new business with the technologies changing. I was thinking about this. I mean, you know, 20 years ago, I was rather naive, I guess, when it comes to certain things. So I was thinking, boy, what else can they invent? We have everything out there. <laughs> You'd be boy, surprised. Boy, was I wrong. I mean, <laughs> it seems like every two years, we, you know, half the things in my world that didn't even exist five, ten years ago, yeah. I'm going, how did I live without those, you know? And I think we're just going to continue to see more and more of that. Yeah, voice recognition software. And even with my telephone, I can't make a telephone call until I put my thumb on it. And I mean, the power in this telephone was, I mean, we celebrate the 50th anniversary of Neil Armstrong going to the moon, and I understand that the computing power in my phone is superior. It's better than it was with the computers that they had that they sent these astronauts to, to the moon with. So I think the sky is the limit. We can't even imagine the things that we'll come up with next. I think with evolution, probably our arms or legs will go away and we'll just be one giant brain. <laughs> There's a lot of sci-fi shows that have that as a main theme. Yeah, well, when you think about Star Trek, look at some of the things that they had on that show with the you you know, the tricorder and, you know, putting the thing on the body and telling you what was wrong with you. A lot of that stuff came true. Gene Roddenberry, I think, had a a real good vision into the future. Well, yeah, I mean, we've seen technology changes in how we communicate, certainly, and and the amount of information available uh, instantly has just been phenomenal. But, and advertising has changed the results. Yeah. Google's essentially an advertising company. So advertising, uh, entertainment, communication. But what about when we start applying technology to medical and we're able to get self-diagnosis right. from from our you know mega computer that's in a, mm-hmm. on a thimble that we put on our finger and and it reads everything does every blood test right. uh, nuclear resonance does everything right there we don't have to go into the doctors and have all these gazillion expensive tests and we get diagnosis crazy awesome stuff just like right. there's going to be 
amazing changes. I don't know what, you know, transportation, certainly even with the cars and all of that. But we look at the different industries. I'll, I'll read them off here because I got the returns and valuations by sector. So materials industry, I don't think technology is necessarily going to change copper and, and, and other materials that, that might be. But industrials, we look at the robotics. Financials, we see everything we do financially has changed to online banking and on, you know, online trading, uh, all the all the things we can apply for, you know, through our phone. Uh, the energy sector, that's going to be interesting. Uh, technology in there with solar and, and different ways that the battery operated cars and all of that. Consumer discretionary, certainly how we manufacture has changed immensely. Technology, of course, that is. The, that's the biggest one. That's ground zero. Uh, communication services, that's ground zero for technology to change it. Real estate, probably not so much. But not making any more real estate. Not making any more real estate. <laughs> Healthcare, we just talked about. Yeah. Uh, consumer staples, again, with manufacturing and shipping and all of that changing. Utilities, uh, well, solar, I suppose, and I, I'm sure there's going to be some advancements in that I, I'm not even aware of. And so those are the uh, different sectors of the economy, but I think there's going to be massive changes that will bring massive amounts of potential new innovation to U.S. companies. Uh, I don't see this going on elsewhere. I was just having a conversation with someone last night about Russia mm-hmm. and how, you know, they're they're building really bigger and bigger bombs and, and we, we mm-hmm. stopped the treaty and all of that. But can you name, Jeff, I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you name <laughs> something we buy from Russia? Uh, let's see. Do we buy this uh, Stoli vodka or anything like that? We're not no. buying any Russian cars. No, we're buying Blue Water. Uh, oh, oh, there you go. John's uh, Blue Water <laughs> Distillery uh, uh, vodkas are much better. Now, some guys are buying Russian brides. I've heard of that trade, but okay. that's that's about it. That, but they're, those girls just want to come to this country. Yeah, I, I can't even <laughs> name anything that we buy from Russia. I, can't I know either. we buy stuff from China, Yeah, sure. but I can't think of one thing. Their economy is just at a standstill. They got oil, right. and that's all they sell, and, and I don't know that we're buying that. So when no. we stop buying that with sanctions and all of that, I just, you know, the innovation isn't there because the government doesn't allow it. Right. Uh, the United States is going to innovate in all these different areas, continue to innovate. So I'm I'm kind of bullish on the market. I know everybody's talking recession. I'm reading through this report. Even J.P. Morgan says, okay, everybody says we're going to have a recession because we haven't had one for a while. Why? Well, just because we've had a recession doesn't mean that we're due for another one. And again, the takeaway from all this that you've been talking about and that I can see here is that, I mean, this has been a steady upward trend and the warning signs that things are going to be going south just aren't there right now. So again, I think the future is very, very bright. And that's what we want to consider here on Growing Your Wealth. If you want to consider asking Brian some specific questions that have to do with your personal financial situation, your financial plan, maybe you want the planner's here at Madrona Financial to sort of guide you into and through retirement. Again, you can get your free financial plan by calling 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A, or you can request your free financial plan online at madronafinancial.com. Time for a break here on Growing Your Wealth, Brian. We're going to take it right now. When we come back, we'll continue to take a look at the market and how it's doing. All that and more when Growing Your Wealth continues after this. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. Hi, this is Brian Evans, president of Madrona Financial Services. As a CPA and wealth manager, I've had lots of clients who owned highly appreciated real estate. And when it was time to sell that property, they all ran into the same problem, a huge tax bill. Up to now, some of their only options were to either follow the strict requirements of a 1031 exchange for another property or pay the hefty tax on the gain. We have access to another option to help our clients 
points. It's called a DST. With a DST, you can still receive the benefits of property ownership like passive income, but you won't be responsible for all the debt or management, and best of all, a DST may meet the qualifications for your 1031 exchange. Now you can potentially defer the tax hit on your highly appreciated property and still get the benefits of investing in real estate. Call us today at 844-MADRONA to learn more about our DST program or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. DST investments are only available to accredited investors and are offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. What does prosperity mean to you? At Madrona Financial Services, we think it's about helping you feel confident about your future. It's more important to know where you're headed than where you've been. And we feel the same way about the funds that we invest in. At Madrona Financial Services, we believe in simplifying, securing, and streamlining your financial and retirement life. That's why our clients have one team managing investments, retirement, taxes, and their estate with an integrated strategy. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA or visit madronafinancial.com to learn how you can make our team your team. It's a new kind of financial experience built for today with tomorrow in mind. We believe in your future and so should you. Get connected with your team today. Visit online at madronafinancial.com or call the professionals at Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for a free review. That's 844-MADRONA or visit madronafinancial.com. Simplify your life. Invest in your future. Prosper. You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona Bundle of Services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to continue our discussion from J.P. Morgan's Guide to the Market. And Brian, I've got in front of me here uh, a page uh, labeled Federal Finances, the 2019 Federal Budget. What's interesting, the total spending is $4.4 trillion. So that's the outgo. What is the income? Well, that would be $3.5 trillion. Mm, okay, so uh, basic math says that this doesn't work out. Well, we're $900 billion in the hole <laughs> oh, every no. year right now uh, from what we... So you wow. know, when I see these candidates go out, I think this is timely. And we got people, I'm going to spend a trillion on this. So I'm going to spend $30 trillion on that. I'm going to spend... a. Hundred trillion on everything. Um, where are you going to get that money? Because we're already overspending by almost one trillion a year. Mm. So we bring in a little over three, three and a half, and we spend four and a half. So we got a little problem right now. I wanted to break this down so that people understood it a little bit better. Okay. Where the money comes from, where it goes. So uh, our total spending is four point four trillion right now. Medicare and Medicaid is one point two of that 27%. Social Security is 24%. So right there, we've got 51% of all of the spending is Social Security and Medicare. Mm -hmm. So 49% is everything else. Where does that break down? Well, 15% of our spending is for defense. 10% of our spending is for interest on the national debt. Mm. And that leaves about 26% for Everything, every program we have outside of Social Security, Medicare, and Defense is about 26% of what we bring in or about $1 trillion. So again, everything 
that we spend money on outside of Social Security, Medicare, and Defense is about $1 trillion a year. So when they're bantying about numbers like $20 trillion or $30 trillion, beware. These are, these are made-up numbers. <laughs> they just can't do yeah. that. So, Brian, let's talk about what is coming here on the borrowing side. Well, what's interesting is I just said Social Security and Medicare is 51% of the amount. The inflow from Social Security is only 28%. Mm. So we're not bringing in enough to cover that. Right. So there is no, hey, I'm paying into Social Security. They got this bank account somewhere, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. They use it. And even what's coming in isn't enough. Federal personal income tax is 40%. Corporate tax is 6%. So between tariffs and, and other fees is another 6%. So we've got 80% covered, half of that by personal income tax and the rest from Social Security tax corporate and fees, that leaves us 20% short, the $900 billion a year short that we are right now. So the arithmetic here, at least on this page, does not add up whatsoever. This is a big, big problem. How does this figure into people investing in the market today? Is this something that you really want to take into consideration that, that has a kind of a heavy weight? Yeah, as we look at the uh, projected deficits, uh, they're, they're projected out by this report to be somewhat constant right now. But again, if we got a regressive, progressive, whatever you want to call them, in office, uh, we would see that these deficits would undoubtedly just just go skyrocketing. And again, that would be a kind of a doomsday scenario right there. But let's just, just assume that we'll have something mainstream in the office, whether it's Biden or Trump or, or whatever. If we had that, then we're probably seeing this just kind of can get kicked down the road to future generations. So Brian, let's talk about unemployment and wages here. You got a graph in front of you. Let's uh, explain it for the listeners. Yeah, basically, it's just showing that the unemployment rate is the lowest it's been since 1969. The long 50-year average is 6.2%. Right now, we're at 3.6%. So Americans are employed. Uh, wage growth, even though we don't have inflation, is right near the 50-year average. It's at 3.4%. And the 50-year average is 4.1%, even though for 50 years, we had much higher inflation. So that's another sign of a strong economy because you have wage growth probably ahead of inflation for one of the few times in history, yet unemployment is the all-time lowest in 50 years. So I think that's probably going to be brought up in upcoming debates. Brian, I've heard some talk in the media that wage growth has not kept up with other factors in the economy. What do you think about that? I think you're probably listening to MSNBC, but, well, anyway, okay. no comment there. But uh, I, I suppose there was something to that in 2011 through 2017 okay. when wage growth was in the 2% range. Yeah. But we've been seeing it go up yeah. uh, recently. The last uh, two years, it's been increasing to where in 50 years, we've rarely seen the unemployment rate drop to touch the wage growth amount, and we just saw that happen. So so I would say that there has been an increase in a lot just the last two years. So yeah, depending on what time period you're listening to, which uh, which station you're listening to, <laughs> you might get that. And you have to take into consideration the audience that they're playing to and the audience who uh, wants to hear what they've got to say. Brian, inflation is something that we hear a lot about. And historically, uh, I mean, in recent years, it's been pretty darn good. I mean, back in the late 70s, it was crazy. But let's talk about inflation right now. Yeah, the, the 50-year average the headline consumer price index was 4% a year. So that's kind of what our baseline is. May of 2019, 1.8. 
That's pretty good. That's really good. But we can break it down even further. Food is 2.0. Energy is negative 0.5. Energy mm. prices actually dropped. Cheaper. And so that's an interesting thing. Now, certain things go up more than that. Uh, healthcare tends to be higher. But uh, your headline CPI of 1.8, we were just talking about that. You were saying you've heard some reports that, that the uh, job earnings have not increased as much as inflation. Mm-hmm. I think we just debunked that yes. with earnings growth at above three and inflation below two. 1.9. Let's let's debunk that myth right now. All right, Brian, next up is the global bond market. Yeah, and the reason we even talk about bonds, bonds is not great radio typically, uh, mm-hmm. but it's what I always remind people. There's more money invested in global bonds than there is in all stock market investments combined. And so you probably have a lot of bonds in your portfolio. In fact, the total amount of borrowing is now close to 100 $10 trillion globally. The U.S. is responsible for 41 of that. Uh, the developed foreign markets are 45, and emerging markets are going way up, 24 trillion of that. And so we have a huge amount of borrowing that, that goes on. Uh, the yields right now, I just thought it'd be interesting. The uh, 10-year U.S. bond yield is 2%. The average of U.S. bills and bonds and, and borrowing is, is about 2.5. But other other countries, Germany's paying a whopping. I mean, let's go out and buy some German bonds. We're going to make some money here. We're going to we're going to earn a whopping 0.12 percent. So for every hundred thousand dollars invested, we get 120 bucks. Wow! Wow, that's going to be awesome. Uh, see a lot of upside there. Poor Spain, Germans, yeah. even Spain is 0.3. I didn't know Spain's economy is that much better than the U.S.'s. Uh, mm. They could pay 0.3, and people are going, "Oh, that sounds like a good deal. I think I'll buy some of those." But this is what you're you're investing in folks so uh, there there might be some alternatives I talked earlier about you know we, we try and invest in alternatives we look at different markets outside of the typical stock and bond mix and I look at a graph like this and I, I'm just reminded as to why the European corporate bond average 0.54 percent yeah. so you're investing you're borrowing money from corporation or lending money to corporations you hope will pay them back and they're gonna pay you you know about a half of one percent uh, I just don't get it uh, I don't know why people have so much money in bonds why there's $110 trillion in bonds when it's paying these ridiculous amounts. Oh, Japan. I forgot about, about Japan yeah. here. Now, that one, <laughs> that one, if you give them $100,000 today and you buy a bond and you wait 10 years, they will give you $100,000. Their, their yield right now is zero. I don't get it. Okay, Jeff, well, we're having a little fun with numbers here. I didn't know bonds could be so much fun. Well, you know, charity but, is part of your life, too. I tell you, I, I don't get it. And so we're not going to, if you want a big bond portfolio, please don't call Madrona Financial. That's probably not what we're going to do with your, your accounts. So, Brian, how is the U.S. by comparison with the rest of the world? Yeah, I, I, we're going to go back to the equity market. So now we're back in the stock market itself. And a lot of, you know, I, there's a lot of things going on with trade and, and, gee, can we, do we really have that much oomph? Can we tell China how we're going to trade? Can we use sanctions to make a difference? And I'm going to say yes, looking at this graph, because I'm looking at a graph. It's a pie chart. And it says, all right, here's the value of all companies in the world. Uh, Uh, Little old United States, when you add up all the stocks in the world, is 55% of the global stock market. So U.S. companies represent 55% of all equities. Every other country on the 
planet combined is 45%. Yeah, Europe is, uh, except the UK, is 14%. Emerging markets, 12 Looks like the UK is 5 Japan is 7 Pacific is 4 Our neighbors to the North Canada, only 3%. Yeah, and so I would say, yes, we can exert an unbelievable pressure on other countries by just looking at our percentage of the markets. And one other comment on that, it didn't used to be that high, and it's not that we have that many more companies coming online, but the value of the U.S. companies relative to foreign companies has been increasing at a rapidly increasing rate. What I mean by that is from the bottom, the the trough of the market in 2009, the very, very bottom, we've seen since then a 300 plus percent increase in the U.S. market. If you look at the ex-U.S., the non-U.S. markets combined, they've seen a 110 percent increase is all. So we've had a three to one increase uh, from the foreign markets. So we've seen U.S. stocks become a bigger part of the global economy. We're talking about the state of the market here, uh, referencing a J.P. Morgan piece of information. If you want to put some of this brain power to work for you, it's all right here at Madrona Financial Services. Once again, call 844-MADRONA to get your free financial plan. That's 844-MADRONA. I think your conversation today really illustrates sort of the uh, depth of the research they go into here at Madrona. Drona Financial before they make financial decisions on your behalf. Again, it's a free financial plan. There is no obligation. No one's going to bar the door there. It's a chance for you to kick the tires here at Madrona Financial Services. Once again, it's 844-MADRONA for your plan, or you can log on to the website at madronafinancial.com and request your plan there. We'll be right back with more and our final segment talking about the market when our show continues right after this. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian. Ryan Evans. When you need something important done around the house, you call a professional. Why is it when it comes to retirement investments, most people don't know what theirs is built on, or even if it's right for them? Madrona Financial Services is made of a team of professionals that will create a retirement plan as individual as you are and make sure your financial foundation is clear to you every step of the way. Call them today at 844-MADRONA for a no-obligation retirement readiness review. They'll learn about what you want most out of retirement, plus you'll get an investment and retirement analysis and a tax analysis. You've worked hard to earn it and save it. Take the time to have the right professionals help you keep it and grow it. Find a better way at Madrona Financial Services and bring everything together. Call Madrona Financial Services today for your free retirement readiness review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. At Madrona Financial Services, we help people finance their retirement so they can spend their time living life instead of worrying about it. The fact of the matter is, your portfolio will likely need to last about 30 years or more. And the sooner you do something about it, the better off you can be. So if you're not 100% sure that your plan is rock solid, call us today at 844-MADRONA for a review. It's super easy. We'll ask you a bunch of questions to find out what's most important in your life and what makes you happy. Next, we'll review your current plan, and then our team will strategize on ways to make your portfolio, your tax strategy, your use of Social Security, and an estate plan better suited for you. At Madrona Financial Services, we want your retirement to be about living life, and we'll sweat the small stuff for you. Call us today for your free review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Or visit us at madronafinancial.com. 
Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to talk about recent DST seminars I've been giving. And Brian, a lot of people who listen to the show, of course, know what DSTs are. Delaware Statutory Trust, it is a form of passive real estate. If you're an active landlord and you're tired of the three T's, the toilets, the tenants, the trash, but you're not tired of getting those rental checks, the Delaware Statutory Trust just might be the answer for you. And again, if you want more information about Delaware Statutory Trust, of course, this is the leading source, at least as far as I'm concerned, of Delaware Statutory Trust, Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Now, I know that you're giving these seminars coming up in the near future. Tell me about uh, where they're going to be, when they're going to be. Yeah, we're just completing a series of seminars. We had them in Everett, Redmond, and Portland. I had to add overflow dates, uh, both in Everett and Redmond, uh, which is amazing. I've never seen this kind of turnout before for these, but I think it's becoming a very hot topic because of politics changing, frankly, is one big reason, I think, for it. And yields coming down. People just aren't getting the cash flow they need in retirement. Uh, the other thing is that most people that own uh, investment real estate are are aging just like their real estate. So as they get older, so does their property. And, and that's not a good thing when it comes to more maintenance when you're less willing or, or wanting to do it. And so there's a lot of reasons for that. We're seeing definitely uh, legislative changes. I've mentioned before, in Oregon, they passed statewide rent control. Places like Beverly Hills, my understanding is they're not only going to have California rent control, they're going to mandate Section 8 uh, lower income housing, even in luxury apartment complexes. And they're going to mandate earthquake retrofitting, which is a phenomenally expensive thing to do to existing buildings. I mean, I think it's fine if you want to add that to, to new buildings, you know what you're getting into. But to go to someone and say, yeah, you got to write a check for a couple million bucks for your apartment, you, you may not have a couple million bucks. So what are you going to do? Raise the rent? Well, no, you can't raise the rents. Oh, well, can I keep them the same? Well, no, we're going to make you take a section eight. It just, you know, I, uh, California's gone nuts. Okay, I'll just say it. Uh, these these <laughs> things are going to happen in Washington State. Uh, I think that there's a lot of people I'm talking to that kind of have their head in the sand about it. They go, well, yeah, that might happen, but uh, I'm just going to hang on. And it's like, why? It's going to happen overnight, and your price, value of your properties could drop overnight, too. So consider that if you're kind of on the fence. So I've, I've been doing some of these seminars recently, and like I said, they're just packed, and I'm asking the room. How many, how many people in this room had done a, a, a 1031 exchange? And most of the hands are going up anymore. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, there's a lot of interest in this. And I and, uh, find it fascinating. But a lot of our discussion, too, I'll have people in there that are really, really nervous and kind of asking me a little bit of the doomsday type questions. Yeah, I mean, Delaware Statue of Trust makes sense, as you said, because of the political climate and the increasing anti-landlord sentiment. And as you said, Portland and Oregon has rent control. There definitely is a storm brewing right here. And we can see see it coming down the pike right now. So Delaware Statutory Trust, uh, of course, could be the answer for a lot of folks, but what are some of the pushbacks that you're getting in these seminars against Delaware Statutory Trust? Yeah, I bring up some myself, some of the reasons why someone would not want to do one. The most obvious one is you're not an accredited investor, so you don't have a million dollars net worth outside of your principal residence, and you're not even allowed to do one. So there's the, the baseline there. Another is liquidity. These aren't liquid, and so if you need your money in two years, I 
shall we say, for your emergency Bugatti or something like that, mm-hmm. then don't do one. Another one is, hey, I'm really good at real estate. Uh, I'm 45 years old. Uh, should I do one? I said, no, you shouldn't. Keep doing what you're doing. Make your fortune. These are not get rich schemes. They are, you know, they're more keep rich rather than get rich if I had to put it a certain way. And another one I've heard uh, recently from a couple people is, yeah, if I do a DST, I'll probably die because I don't know what else I'm going to do. Yeah. Fellas that just don't have other interests or hobbies or uh, family or, or travel plans or whatever. They just kind of uh, identify as a landlord. And, and I said, well, I don't want to kill you off. Just keep your rentals. <laughs> <laughs> Call me when you're, you're you know older, I guess, and you just can't stand anymore. I guess now's not the time. But another one came up recently was there was a couple people that were almost on the doomsday uh, scenario track. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so what happens uh, if, let's say, a, a DST owns an apartment building in, in Texas and another one in Florida? And what happens if the place is empty? Uh, well, generally speaking, uh, apartment buildings aren't empty that are newer and nice. No. Even in a recession, even in 2008, people weren't kicked out. No, I would think that during a recession, maybe more people would be moving into apartments because they can't afford their homes anymore. Yeah, that's 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 a possibility. And if they're kind of high-end apartments, I would say that people renewing their leases, maybe uh, you know they move out to a cheaper apartment. Now there's an empty one, and the landlord would not be able to rent that out as high as they had it before. Right now, generally speaking, in that, that recession, people didn't landlords didn't send out letters saying, hey, we're having a recession. Your stock prices are down. Drop your rent 20%. No. No, they didn't. Uh, rents, I keep asking that question. Did you drop your rents on your rentals? And they go, uh, not really. Might have been a little bit harder to get a tenant. And maybe it dropped some. Maybe it dropped 5 10 15% uh, when you re-rented certain apartments. I don't know. It didn't drop 100%, though. And so this person was, well, what if it does? What if it does? What if it does? And I finally said, well, then... I think that we got a situation here where maybe real estate isn't for you because real estate is a risk asset. I mean, we can say all we want. Oh, look at the facts and figures. Yeah, real estate goes up over time. They're not making any more of it. Stocks go up over time. You know, just, you know, buy it, hold it, whatever. Statistically, that can be proven out, but it is also risky. There is risk associated and we don't know the future. We don't know who's going to be elected. We don't know China and Russia and all these people, what they're going to do. So there's always risk with investments that can have decent return. And so it, it did, you know, it got to a point where I said, you know, I'm, I'm sensing that maybe you should not be in markets whatsoever. And I've, I've talked to a few people recently about that, you know, whether they want to move out of the country because they were so worried about the national debt or whatever. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of folks where even though it maybe makes sense on paper to me and to others around me, it may not make sense for that individual based upon what they think is going to happen. Brian, you were giving examples a moment ago about residential real estate and apartment buildings and with the Delaware Statutory Trust. I mean, if you have an apartment building, certainly you sell it. It doesn't mean that you have to get into another residential apartment building. There are types of real estate that you can get into which may not be as affected by a recession, if at all. Yeah, I mean, there's something called net lease properties that are corporate guaranteed investment grade companies that, that have long-term leases on structures. There's different kinds of DSTs out there. You can diversify by type of property and by location of property. So you might sell your apartment building and end up with 20 different buildings somewhere else if you diversify your DSTs. Also, even within 
in the multifamily, there's different kinds. There's luxury apartments. There's class A apartments that are just below that, I would call it. There's class B apartments that might be getting fixed up to become class A's. And so generally in a recession, the lower you are on the chain, the better you are because people are moving to try and save money. Your fixed up class B's uh, might attract, you know, they're, they're always going to be full, essentially, uh, even in a recession. It's the luxury apartments that might have to drop theirs the most. So there's even, hey, if we are going to have a recession or something, there are strategies on how we allocate DST money uh, if you sell your property and we buy multiple DSTs. Well, once again, Brian, we're out of time for this week on our show. Before we go, I'd like to thank everyone for listening to us. The executive producer of Growing Your Wealth is John Capuano. Our director of program operations is the Cookie Monster, Greg Dennett. Our show is produced by the lovely, talented, and dangerous six-degree black belt, our Swedish princess, Stephanie Schoblum. Christy Parmenter is our associate producer. Surfer boy Pete Gustin is our technical director and announcer. And Nicole Zitnick is our content supervisor. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Have a great Saturday, won't you? We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. You own highly appreciated real estate and have decided to sell. You may be faced with limited options that could result in a substantial tax bill. Now, there may be another option. It's called a DST, and it can offer the benefits of real estate ownership without all of the baggage. Brian Evans and his team at Madrona Financial Services are available to see if a DST could be right for you. Call 844-MADRONA to learn if you can invest in real estate without the hassles of being a landlord. You won't be responsible for the debt or management, yet you may still receive passive income. Best of all, the DST program offers a ready-made solution that may satisfy your 1031 exchange requirements, which could provide full tax deferral on the sale of your investment property. Call the team at Madrona Financial Services right now at 844-MADRONA to learn more about DSTs and if they are right for you. That's 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. DST investments are only available to accredited investors and are offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. The Madrona Bundle of Services has become so popular that we started bundling everything. Hi, this is Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services, to tell you about the latest thing we've bundled, our books. We're proud to announce the Complete Book of Retirement, which bundles together our guides on retirement investing, annuities, passive real estate investing, and even information for the high net worth investor into one convenient and informative book. You can get your free copy today by going to madronafinancial.com. And if you're looking for even more information on investing, you can sign up for Madrona University to continue your investor education. Of course, if you need more personalized help, you can always sign up for a complimentary review. We'll sit down to discuss your retirement plan and explain how the Madrona Bundle of Services provides you with everything you need to plan for retirement under one roof. Get started today by calling 844-MADRONA and don't forget to download your free copy of the Complete Book of Retirement at madronafinancial.com.